This hour of the Bill Meyer Show podcast is made possible by Clouser Drilling. Clouser Drilling is proud to sponsor the show. We appreciate them, too. If you need to drill for water, be sure to call Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. ClouserDrilling.com. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. U.S. 2nd District Congress, or I should say Oregon 2nd District U.S. Congress. You know, I always kind of trip up over that, Congressman Benz. But uh, Cliff Benz is uh, back on the program. It's great to have you on. Welcome back. Thank you, Bill. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, I'm told that you had some breaking news that you wanted to uh, get out there this morning. And uh, I don't know, is there a miracle upon miracles that uh, all the problems have been solved in D.C. or not? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't be so much uh, breaking news as, uh, yeah, uh, uh, all kinds of miracles. Uh, No, no, Bill, I wanted to uh, announce on your show that I've decided to support uh, Donald Trump for president in 2024. Um, And it's um, a decision that I didn't make lightly. I spent a considerable amount of time looking into different aspects of a second, uh, uh, you know, second four years for Mm -hmm. for the president. And uh, but I wanted to announce on your show, you've been a great supporter. And I just really appreciate all that you've you've done to try to help bring issues to the forefront. So that's why I'm announcing it on your show. All right. Hey, I really appreciate knowing that. So you're endorsing president. Aren't you the first uh, congressional candidate or congressional person out here on the West Coast and the Northwest to do something like this? I think you're first out of the uh, gate on this, aren't you? I think that's true. I really didn't spend much time checking to see what other people were doing up in the Northwest. What I did instead was look at what I think uh, our district needs. And then I checked with a couple of my friends. They're New friends, but friends nonetheless who used to be in his cabinet. Mm-hmm. That's Ryan Zinke and, and uh, David Bernhardt, both secretaries of the interior. I talked to them at length about this, particularly uh, Secretary Bernhardt. Um, and uh, their their analysis of, of uh, how uh, the former president approaches these uh, Northwest issues was hugely supportive and they're hugely supportive of him and i would agree with you i would agree with you i remember when uh when secretary zinke was involved in the situation and i know that the counties seem to have a very good ear in the trump administration the first trump administration back at that time and uh we've really missed that i must say here in southwest well, well, oregon but, but yes of course and, and if, let's t- just talk about the klamath dams for a minute and the, and the water situation there or the Snake River dams and the, and the electrical power that the, the Democrats are trying to steal from the Northwest and and the, in the dismantling of our of our wonderful electrical system and our power grid and the forests, the work that uh, Trump did, uh, President Trump did in the in, in reducing the amount of acreage that was uh, totally inappropriately allocated to the spotted owl, his his approach, the uh, uh, President Trump's approach to the border. I just got back, Bill, from a trip down to the border with there were 63 other uh, congressmen and women with me so there's 64 of us that went down last week uh week before last excuse me and it was uh it was insane what biden has done to the border after trump did what all he could to, to try to address that uh, extraordinarily important and difficult issue so lots of good reasons to support him and um and uh and and to do our best to try to get the guy elected all right and so well that's good to know so you're endorsing uh endorsing the real at real Donald Trump on Twitter, right? I'll have to put that, I'll have to tweet that out here in, uh, in just a moment. I'm just kind of curious, uh, you know, uh, so you talk to other people, they're okay with this, right? I just want to make sure because, you know, I'm surprised that there haven't been more 
uh, more endorsements at this uh, point in the game. And I guess and we are in a uh, primary season, right? That kind of thing. Well, certainly it's early in the season, but uh, the Iowa caucuses are upon us and um, and followed swiftly by other other um, steps uh, going in, in a direction that will lead ultimately to, to a candidate for president on the Republican side of things. And I think if you're going to step in, uh, seriously step in, you should do so early, not late. And uh, it seems to me that uh, the, the approach I've used, which is to determine who would do the best job in the Northwest, and then and then stepping up and saying this is this is who I support is the right thing to do. So that's that's that, that was how I thought it through. All right, Congressman Benz, I really appreciate that. That's good to know, and uh, we'll make sure everybody knows about this. And I wanted to touch on a couple of other things while you're here. And um, now. You talked about the border just a moment. I know you voted for HR 2A. What are the chances of that actually, that border reform thing, actually changing the policies of uh, of immigration and to uh, force the Biden administration's hand? How does that look uh, in the Senate right now? Because I know people will write me and they'll grouse about things not getting done, but let's see, you have a two-vote majority in one-third of the federal government. It's It's not... A whole lot right now. What are you thinking? Yeah, well, thank you for calling that out. And actually, it's soon going to be a one-vote majority because uh, one of the one of the two uh, of of of, uh, of the two you mentioned is going to take a job as a president of a, of a university, so mm. Youngstown. And so, yeah, soon it will be a majority of one. And so, it's extraordinarily challenging. I just came from the Republican conference meeting where we discussed the exact issue you asked about. What are you, what are you going to do, uh, Mr. Speaker uh, uh, Johnson? Now uh, the uh, and he's put together the best job he could do with the Senate in addressing how to keep the government open while at the same time uh, trying to reduce spending. The issue of the border appears at this point to be uh, wound up inside what they'll call the supplemental bill, which would include Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan. And I think a few other things, but uh, that seems to be where the the border issue is going. There's a great deal of disagreement uh, among our caucus on how best to approach this, as you might imagine. And when it only when we only have a majority of one uh, uh, out of 219 of us now, um, 220 now, and soon to be 219. Right. Uh, you can imagine everybody everybody's king uh, or queen, I guess how how you want to look at it. But everybody's king, and you can you can take. Uh, you, you can control the entire situation with your with your almost with your one vote. So getting everybody to agree on things like this incredibly challenging. And we just spent the last uh, hour and a half uh, in conference debating this exact issue. And there's way more debate to come. But by the way, uh, Bill, just I hate to I hate to uh, go off on another tangent, but um, I'm going to after we are done here, zoom over to judiciary where we're uh, debating uh, the markup of uh, the bill holding Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress for not appearing for his deposition. So that process of, uh, of, of the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden is, is ongoing. And, and, and uh, it's interesting here, you shift away from the border issues over to impeachment uh, inquiries. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place, lots of activity. Yeah, there is a lot going on there. Uh, what about the Mayorkas impeachment? Uh, what are the odds of that moving forward? Well, it's moving forward today, and in fact, uh, that came up uh, uh, in the conference meeting. Uh, the, the chair, Mark Green, of the Oversight Committee that has uh, 
jurisdiction over that has been moving toward the discussion of impeachment aggressively, uh, believe it or not, over the past uh, six or eight months. They broke the impeachment process down into pieces, and they just finished the final one, and they're having their first formal, I'm going to call it, impeachment hearing today. Okay. Congressman, I appreciate you, by the way, uh, shifting back on the uh, the Snake River when you had the Snake River hearings, uh, the Snake River Dam hearings here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm glad you're trying to get out in front of that. I know it may not be sexy and, sexy, and people were really upset that there was not much able to be done to alleviate the uh, the pulling out of the Klamath dams. But I, I try to remind people that had been going on for a couple of decades plus, right? It, it, was it just that too much too much was down the river, no pun intended, at that point, to be able to uh, to get much support within Congress to change much. Could, could you kind of comment on that, please? Sure. Well, again, on the Klamath situation, I keep coming back to this. I, I know uh, it's a compl- complex issue, but the Klamath dams were privately or are privately held. And so that's a, there's a world of difference between private ownership of these uh, dams on the one hand, and uh, federal ownership, which is the case with the Bonneville Power Administration dams. Well, Bonneville Power Administration actually manages the dams. Dams are technically owned yeah. uh, either by the Bureau of Rec or by the Corps of Engineers. But, but so these are BPA system dams. This is very important. And when, you know, when you're talking about wanting to move to, uh, to renewable energy and you want to tear out hydro dams, you got to be nuts, right? I mean, it's the way I would look well, at that. Well, well, well yeah, of course, uh, among other things. But there, there's... Uh, the 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 the, the in, um, importance of those four lower dams is probably best understood if you view them as a integral part of the Northwest Power Grid. They they are firm energy about uh, eleven hundred twelve hundred megawatts normally, but up, all the way up to maybe three thousand megawatts in a pinch. And that kind of firm power is absolutely essential to the grid. And if you take those megawatts out of the mix, the, the, some of the lowest cost energy that we have, uh, around a penny and a half uh, per kilowatt hour, I mean, un- unbelievably inexpensive, you're going to replace it with energy that is dramatically more expensive, solar and wind, and dramatically less reliable. So it's ab- we shouldn't be doing this. And yet, uh, from a... Uh, policy standpoint or a political standpoint, uh, the CEQ in the White House has decided those dams have to go and they've, they've put a bunch of processes in place that they think that, that will ultimately lead to their removal. Another really good reason to get Trump elected so we can stop this insanity. And can Congress stop the Biden administration in this endeavor, what they're trying to do to the Snake River? Uh, Congress can if it is willing to step up and, and uh and, and pass laws that say, no, you can't do this. What's, what they're relying upon, the, the Biden administration, is the fact that the actual removal of the dams would take an act of Congress. But that is uh, that's duplicitous at the several levels, one of which is when it comes to the operation of the dams. The actual, well, gee, we'll leave your dams in the river, but we're going to change the rules so that we're, they, they don't really mm-hmm. store water any longer. They just let the water run through without generating power, without providing uh, transportation. Uh, that's the, that's the, what I think the, the, we'll see the Biden administration and perhaps the courts move toward, unless we hear in Congress a step in to try to stop it. And in my committee, because uh, I am chair of the, the Water, Wildlife, Fisheries Subcommittee of Natural Resources, we'll be addressing this issue and then trying to come up with a, with a, uh, 
a, a, a different approach than what's been used in the past to try to stop uh, the, the, the removal process. All right, Congressman, I uh, certainly appreciate the update here. And I would also remind you that uh, Woosh Enterprises in Seattle sells an amazing, portable, very cost-effective uh, f- fish ladder that is portable and just whooshes the fish over dams that is available for the seasons. And if they're really concerned about fish, they can do that. But uh, I think that we're looking at a different kind of agenda with destroying infrastructure. I'm glad you're fighting uh, for this infrastructure. This is key. This is very important stuff. And also, thank you for the update here that uh, you have endorsed uh, former President Trump to be the next President Trump. And we appreciate you coming on the show and telling us all. Okay? Be well. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate your appreciate your time. Absolutely. Uh, Oregon 2nd District U.S. Congressman Cliff Bentz. It is 728 at KMED KCMD. Bill Meyer with Sharice from No Wires Now. So glad I switched a dish. And if your listeners have DirecTV or cable TV, they're paying too much. And you made it easy to switch. Plus, I got the Hopper DVR and Dish's very cool voice-activated remote. Call today. Tell me what you have, how much you're paying, and I think you're going to love Dish. I'll even help you lower your existing internet and cell phone bill. Call Sharice like I did. 541-680-5875. NoWiresNow.com. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Internet and cell phone service are not provided by dish. When the IRS comes knocking, the news can be shocking. Tell them you've hired a CPA tax expert at First Response Resolution, located in Eagle Point. Leave speaking with the IRS to Zach. He'll defend your rights as a taxpayer. Visit firstresponseirs.com today for a free consultation. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big for the big speed. Big reliability and big savings you want? Get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hey, it's Lars here with my trusted friend in the real estate market, Jared Hokanson with Hokanson Realty. With the marketplace the way it is today, what are you doing differently? Hey, Lars, great question. We offer our guaranteed sale program where we set a price and a deadline. And if your home doesn't sell during that time, we will buy it. And you combine that with the marketing that we do to get our clients top dollar for the sale of their home. And we sell properties like no one else in Southern Oregon. What does that mean for someone who lists his home or her home today? Lars, for someone that lists today, they can start packing. With our guaranteed sale program and the marketing that we do that is second to none in the market, they will be able to get top dollar for their home and know that they didn't leave any money on the table during this changing market. Thanks, Jared. Call Jared Hokanson today at 541-772-SOLD, 541-772-SOLD, or go online to 541-772-SOLD.com and start packing. If you're on a well and concerned about a low water table, it's time to consider a holding tank. Siskiyou Pump Service installs holding tanks that are continually topped off by your well pump, providing a consistent reserve supply of water for your lawn and garden, livestock, fire suppression, and typical household uses. Don't wait till you're out of water. A holding tank system can provide a reserve of fresh, clean water and peace of mind. Plan now. Call Siskiyou Pump Service, serving the Rogue Valley for over 50 years. Online at SiskiyouPump.com. 
It's okay to ask for a little advice at Freddy's Diner. Are you ready to order? Ooh, always a tough call. Hmm, burgers, sandwiches, melts, fried chicken, smoked brisket. The daily special looks good, too. Any suggestions? Well, we have seafood, too. Our hand-dipped fish and chips is pretty hard to beat. Sounds good. There's something for everyone at Freddy's Diner in Old Town, Eagle Point. Open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day for lunch and dinner. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. 732, U.S. Representative Cliff Bentz, Congressman Bentz, officially endorses Donald Trump. First one out here in the West, in the Northwest, to, uh, to do that. He has done that. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, I think it's a good deal. What about you? We can talk about that if you wish. Let me go to Dale. Dale, you wanted to talk about something else. I was talking with Congressman Benz, and this uh, had to do with uh, the dams and the attempt to remove the Snake River dams at this point. And I was mentioning Woosh Enterprises out of Seattle. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I, I, my dad actually worked on putting in a little goose lock and dam, so I think that's kind of cool, but I, I don't want them removed. But mm-hmm. you mentioned the Woosh as kind of a salmon ladder, but I... Just a small technical issue with salmon migration is salmon always swim upstream. They actually are washed to the ocean tail first. And so when you have slack water uh, behind a dam, they're swimming tail first away from the ocean. They get washed into the lake, and then they make no more progress because they're actually trying to go back up stream. Yeah, are you familiar with the uh, the whoosh uh, technology? Because they call it the salmon cannon. It's another nickname for it. But but that's to get them as adults going upstream over the dam, right? Right, right. But the the, the issue really is the, is the small fry getting to the ocean. Mm-hmm. You lose more on the outbound trip than you lose on the inbound trip. If I understand correctly, though, the outbound is also uh, help. Uh, can be helped with that uh, technology too. There's a they have computer, you know, there are computer uh, situation that identify the fish and the fry and then allow them down, you know, as it were. Okay, well, I, that's great to, to to hear because that's that's where the mortality is is the outbound fry in the slack water, and that's why they want to run the river at least during the salmon season free flowing because then it'll wash the fry out properly but i've heard that they've barged them barge the salmon across the dams which is kind of weird yeah <laughs> uh, dale it's a, it's good to hear from you there but uh, yeah thanks so which dam did, or which uh, ladder did you build again or or the dam help yeah, my dad worked on the little goose lock and dam oh and where's little goose i'm sorry i don't mean to be inter- oh, it's ignorant one of the four on the snake river oh okay near walla walla i think so Amazing uh, infrastructure. It would be a shame to lose the power. Would you agree with that much? Absolutely. I don't want those removed. Uh, the power, hydropower is just so good. I mean, it needs to be kept in place. Yep, absolutely. I appreciate your call. Thanks, Dale. Okay, bye.
735, State Senator Dennis Linthicum. He's over at uh, Legislative Days. I don't know if they're uh, legislating yet. No, they're not doing that. But we'll catch up with him after news. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletteConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your MC5 morning news update. The Oregon Department of Transportation says the high cascade passes near Diamond Lake and Crater Lake closed overnight due to blizzard conditions and low visibility. This includes Highway 62 east of Union Creek, Highway 230 north of Union Creek, and Highway 138 between the 97 and Highway 230. On I-5 at the Siskiyou Summit, ODOT has a change requirement in place. ODOT recommends you postpone travel on mountain passes until conditions improve. Tuesday marked Governor Kotek's first year in office, and she is continuing statewide efforts toward addressing the homeless crisis by signing two executive orders. The first order will maintain added capacity to the state's shelter system while also rehousing the homeless and preventing future homelessness. The other order refreshes the state's interagency council on homelessness. On her first full day in office, Governor Kotek declared a homelessness state of emergency, which has been extended to this year. After the state of emergency was declared, Jackson County received over $10 million in the homeless crisis. According to Oregon Housing and Community Services, the state partnered with local groups to create over 1,000 low-barrier shelter beds, rehouse nearly 1,300 households, and prevent almost 9,000 households from experiencing homelessness across the state. That's a look at your morning headlines for NBC5 News. I'm Marcus Veal. Have a great day. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Hey, 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 it's 2024, and I want to help you buy a new Ford or new-to-you certified pre-owned vehicle. Joel here from Butler Ford and Truck Center with the New Year discounts and low-rate financing. Let's make your new Ford an F-150 XLT 4x4. Hi, Dennis. We'll be right with you. Discounts and rebates. One more time on that rate, 3.9 for five years. That's how Ford trucks cost less in Ashland. I've got low rates and big discounts on Ford Escapes and red-hot Ford Bronco Sports. The Bronco is a fun one to drive. Come check it out for yourself in Ashland. I'll show you. I've got acres of Fords and certified pre-owned, so come down, and we'll help you find the vehicle and payment that are, well, right for you. Remember, Butler says yes to low interest rates. Butler says yes to big discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Remember, Butler Ford and Trucks we're only 12 minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where you already know we've got your truck, your SUV, your certified pre-owned, and electric vehicle. Discount after all four rebates and dealer discounts. 16 other payments and 1837 for 1,000 financing credit.
Hi, I'm Randall from Advanced Air, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 739 KMED, KCMD, and State Senator Dennis Linthicum. He's been imprisoned by legislative days right now in the Salem area. Are you are you being held by uh, painful chains in there right now, Senator? Welcome back. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing fine. The, um, there's a lot of snow going over Oregon 58, um, but it, everything's in great shape. ODOT's supposedly back up to their normal staffing. The uh, snow plows are out. When you watch a snow plow on the highway, you think in your mind, I am so thankful for diesel engines and the ability to move giant trucks like this over the mountain freight haulers and whatnot, as well as the plow itself and clearing the roads and whatever. I don't think the little electric engines would work well in that kind of uh, task force. I know that uh, there were some electric snow plows that were attempted in New York City and they performed very poorly. From what I understand. Well, yeah, only New York would even attempt it. The rest of us have enough common sense to say, well, that won't work. Yeah. I noticed that, um, what was it, uh, Senator Jeff Merkley, uh, U.S. Senator Merkley, ended up putting out a uh, press release yesterday. We've got grant stream funding for electric school buses because of the children that are danger on dangerous school buses with diesel engines. Of course, these... Um, Diesel engines, of course, move the country, Senator. You know that, right? That's right. That's right. And and diesel engines have long moved um, school buses. Thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of school buses um, are operating on diesel. A lot of them have moved to um, propane gas or natural gas, I guess, is the better word for it. Yeah, problem with that, though, and, is that it's still carbon. It's, it's still the, it's emitting carbon, just like humans are emitting carbon, Senator. What are we going to do? Right. You, you, you and I and the cow, and um, we're going to be shuffled off to the pit pretty soon if we don't stand up against these uh, environmental tyrannists. Agreed. Now, there is something to really thank Republicans for this morning, and I think it's uh, important to note this, and you wanted to make sure and do this, and and I'm glad you had brought it up to me. And this has to do with the kicker, because there's going to be millions upon millions upon millions of dollars returned to Oregon taxpayers this year, because it's when the the kicker gets paid out, right? Right, right. And, and if, you know, if you want, when, when you go to um, vote in the November election, remember to vote for Republicans, not Democrats. The Democrats wanted to keep the kicker. They've wanted to spend the kicker. They know they're overestimating the tax. They know they're forcing you to pay more than is your fair share. And now that they've got their greedy mitts on the money, they don't want to give it back. And Republicans are the party responsible for giving you that kicker back. You'll get a, you can calculate it easy in your mind's eye. It's about 45% of the taxes that you paid during 2023. And so now that the year's over, we're just in the first couple of weeks of 2024. You know what your W-2 information looks like. You know what your revenue or uh, income stream looks like. That's where your taxes get calculated that are due on um, April 15th. And nearly 50%, 45% of that money will be sent right back to you as a credit 
So um, that we wanted and we tried extremely hard to get, but we're in the minority, to get that sent out as a check so that you could take that check in your hand and go cash it and have access to that cash immediately. The, the government essentially has overcharged you, the state government, Oregon has overcharged you by half as much. And it's like going to the grocery store and, uh, you know, the dozen eggs used to be two bucks. Now it's seven fifty or whatever. They would charge you $14 for that dozen eggs and then give you $6 back on your next grocery purchase. Oh. And it's like, well, wait a minute time. You had no business taking this money in the first place. It belongs to the public and the public, um, it, it, it should be thankful. I, I don't know if they, they're thankful or they realize what was done, but Republicans have been the ones who have made a difference in this effort. And, of course, Democrats absolutely despise money. the concept of the, tixer, of the kicker, which is to send it back, because the whole idea is that the money comes in there, it's ours, and we get to spend it on everything that we want to do, you know, handing it out to uh, whatever uh, aggrieved group is out there next. Now, you're saying so it's about 45% of the taxes you paid, what, in 2022, you said, the Oregon taxes, right? Um, it would be last year's taxes. Oh, last year's, okay, because I'm looking at this. I'm looking at it right now. I, I just looked up my ADP online. Uh, I have my, my payroll stuff. I can look it up online. I just pulled it up. So about $330 a month. So I pay about $3,800 in state income tax last year. Okay. So that would be about $1,800. Right. Pretty right. cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It is. Unfortunately, we could not uh, secure that as a cash return to you, a check back to your account or a direct deposit back to your account. Uh, it comes as a credit to, you know, future uh, income tax payments. In, in other words, when I file it, income taxes here in just a little bit, it will be 1800 bucks or so in, in my particular case that will cut my tax bill by that much. Right. Okay. Right. And, and I all think right. the average across all of Oregon is somewhere close to $750. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little less than half of, of yours, the average Oregonian will, will receive that. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen the average in quite a while. So that number may be yeah. uh, wrong, but now, I'm kind of curious here, Dennis, what happens if uh, someone, let's say, uh, pay taxes last year, you know, in 2023, and then they retire. And then does that mean your uh, kicker just becomes useless at some point or you just have to hang on to it at some point? I'm just curious how that works. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that um, because you're right there. There potentially is. Well, the, there's what you're suggesting is what if there is no future income to right. credit your um, and I, I don't know what occurs in those circumstances, but even uh, and and uh, Bill, you may know, uh, does Oregon tax Social Security? Uh, yeah, so Oregon. Yeah, that's think. it's true. Oregon taxes Social Security. So even if you retire and you're receiving Social Security, that's income, and that will generate uh, future tax obligations that you could use the credit for. All right, all right. State Senator uh, Dennis Linthicum with me this morning. So that is something to keep in mind. There, something to be uh, thankful for. 
And what kind of conversation is going around the legislative table right now on legislative days? I noticed that um, the uh, governor, Governor Kotek, is uh, putting out some executive order about uh, homelessness or, you know, know, she's uh, big on issuing executive orders, as you well know. But on the uh, first anniversary of her administration, what's going on? What are they talking about? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. The um, the Housing Production Advisory Council is, you know, we've got. Is- oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, Senator. <laughs> the housing what the Housing Production Council is that what it's called? It, it it's the Housing Production Advisory Council. So they don't actually produce anything. They simply advise a lot of know it alls about okay. what they should. Know okay, it-alls. the reason I brought this up is that. That, to me, is one of the most communist, socialistic-sounding... It, it's like something right out of Stalin's USSR. Comrade, we had, uh, you know, Housing Production Council. We say we grow more houses and cabbages in 2024. Is, am well, I wrong about that? You know? Yeah, it's it's quite Orwellian when you think about it. it it's, you know, it's like... Um, the, but the trouble is you... None of these things, everybody acts like this is a standard issue thing. You build these houses and people will be, quote, housed instead of unhoused or housed instead of homeless. But this is a one-time spend. If you spend $300 million, which was the, you know, the governor's now looking for $600 million. But when you spend that money to build a bunch of structures— and you put people in those homes, you cannot support that. What you need is you need a, um, a, a, to create sustainable housing, you need individuals who can contribute to maintain their house. You need somebody who's going to put another roof on it if it lasts 20 years, yeah. or more paint on it, or more water repair, or... You know, when somebody kicks open the door. Hey, hey, hey Senator, pardon me for interrupting here just a moment. Are you, uh, is there a way that uh, your microphone seems to be making some noise like it's being struck by the uh, cloth or something? Is it, is there anything you can do about that? Yeah, let, let's see if I can uh, resolve that. It, it It is dangling here from my neck, so I'll get oh. it off. Oh, uh, that's what's going coat. on. All right. Yeah. Your, your Skype mic, you know, as it were. But right. Uh, all right, so they're they're talking about housing, et cetera. I really, this is a very important question I've wanted to ask you, along with everybody else. Is there some serious effort going to be made to repeal Measure One Ten? Because one of the biggest problems of homelessness is drug addiction, and it doesn't matter how cheap the housing is if you're if you're sitting on the streets. With uh, with fentanyl in your veins, you're not working. You're not feeding yourself. You're not really trying to uh, to to be productive because you're within the grip. And I, I just think you know people have to they have to come to Jesus on this at this point. And you know, housing first is not going to help a fentanyl addict. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, your your assessment is accurate. See, the problem is what what we have visibility on Main Street. When you drive through Portland and you see people in stupors or wrapped in blankets in their shopping cart full of goodies and whatever, and you think these poor people, they're homeless. Yeah. It's actually the these poor people, they're um, they're addicted or they're 
mental health is uh, so fragile that they don't even recognize or realize that they're going to freeze to death overnight if they don't get to a shelter. And no amount of housing is going to fix that because they're they're right. not prepared to even take care of such housing. Well, the, the 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 Democrat image is if you take that individual who's in a stupor, and we've all seen the pictures, whether it's Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York City, or Portland, they all look the same, even Los Angeles, California, they all look the same, San Francisco. And we're imagining that if we sweep them off the street because uh, – uh, President Xi is coming to town, that the town got cleaned up. But five days later, they're all back on the street again. And <clears throat> if you put them into housing units, they are now in a stupor in their housing units. They're in a stupor, you know, somewhere else instead of on Main Street. And now the politicians, the political class, those who are, you know, engineering this tragedy in our modern culture, those individuals feel good about it because nobody can see their dirty deeds. And the truth is we have to solve the problem. Even with the 36,000 um, uh, family units being built annually, the way we're splitting the family into two, there's a mom, a single mom and a single dad, and they used to be a single unit, a household, mm -hmm. a traditional family unit. Now they're both doing their own thing. So there's really only half as many houses. We built twice as many houses as we would have needed in traditional America, but we don't have traditional America because all the deviations and variations of the family unit are now brought to the fore and promoted like they're better lifestyle. They're not better lifestyle. In, in other words, the Democrats are, are, are promoting the alternative atomized society. And, and calling yeah, it, that family. Okay. It's an it's an atomized society, and it requires more and more government services. Mm. So now you need a, a, um, a housing production advisory council and a chicken egg production council and a... Um, a toast and butter production council and everything. And we're all going to the government to get more and more and more um, because that's they've dissolved the um, individual and their responsibility and their obligations as well as their human dignity and rights. All right. Now, given that the kicker is going to be vacuuming, uh, you know, a billion or two, maybe more, I don't know, out of uh, state coffers here because it belongs back to the people who generated the income. Are they going to be able to afford to do everything they need to do, Senator? You know, talk with well, Tina Kotek well, and all the all the the grand plans of providing everything for all. Well, yeah. See, and that's the trouble. It's Thatcher's famous quote: "At some point, you'll run out of other people's money." And mm -hmm. um, and this is the thing you have to pay attention to. Even the initial cost estimates of all these things, um, they're they're enormously invalid because they're single spend budget cycle spend expenditures 
And when you think only about the budget cycle in front of your nose, you're not paying attention to the future. What's the future of Oregon look like? What's the future of our population look like? How resilient will the population be and how can they appropriately respond to future needs? Nobody's thinking about that. And um, so all of these estimates coming from the budget office um, are, you know, they're they're false. They're they're the mirage that politicians love to um, get reelected on. Okay, let me uh, talk about uh, the mirage that uh, politicians like to get elected on. And uh, I had a conversation with Congressman Benz, and of course he uh, he talked about the uh, a bit of the spending plan and um, and also uh, endorsing Donald Trump. He chose to endorse uh, Donald Trump for president and uh, coming out and saying it vocally, you know, about that. And uh, people write me and they gra- and they grouse about the fact that he's probably going to vote for the spending plan. And I would think to myself, uh, well, you're one voice out of 435. I know you tried to run for Congress at some point. You're going to vote for the sp- spending plan, aren't you? I mean, honestly, you know, at this point in time, I mean, what choice do they have? You have uh, a vote or two out of uh, 435. That's all. Isn't that the case? I hate this, but I hate to be it sound defeatist, but you know, when you're only there, you're there in the minority. You know what it's like to be on the losing side, but even with one vote uh, advantage, that's not very much, is it? Well, I I, I think that, that there comes a point where your principles have to take over. Uh-huh. If, if I were in um, Congress's Benz's shoes, I, I I would vote no on the budget just to just to throw a uh, a little bit of sawdust into the air and say, look at you guys, we can't keep doing this, because a one point six trillion dollar expenditure is not something to sneeze at. I mean, that's one. Yeah, but there's no, but there's no constituency for not spending it. There's none. Well, almost no well, constituency. That, yeah. Well, now see that. You know, it, it's it's almost like if you you know if you're, you know, we're we are now at this point where it is just a if okay, well, if you want this, then I'm going to get that. That's all it is. It's it's pure transactional at this point. You know, both sides of the aisle. All right, you want the border uh, money? All right, you're going to pay for Ukraine. I mean, that's kind of the uh, Faustian bargain. Being made right now in D.C. Well, yeah, and everybody ought to read Faust if they haven't read it. I mean, it's a tragedy. It's a terrible story to see how this thing ends and um, to imagine that we can swap. I can swap my first child to save the life of my second child is Mm -hmm. no no legitimate swap at all. And future generations are the ones who are going to reap the benefits of our profligacy today yeah you know i'll disagree with you slightly on this you know why i think the time will come my in my opinion and maybe my opinion is just absolutely full of it okay but this whole idea that we tell ourselves gosh you know we're spending all this money right now and uh, you know future generations are going to pay it i'm not convinced they will in the future and then at some point, I mean, it's legal to repudiate the debt. I could see the day coming in which uh, the federal debt will be repudiated. The PERS debt will be repudiated. You know, a debt that can't be paid will not be. What do you think? 
Well, uh, yeah, when you take it, when you take it, it see, they're both talking points. Yeah. Look at the, the this is just a, a bad debt. This is a bad bond. This bond is going to fail. You're not going to make the money. We'll sell it for 10 cents on the dollar. Right. Or you say the future uh, folks are going to penny up to the bar and spend their lunch money on paying this off. And I agree with you. They're not going to spend their lunch money because they're going to uh, be more sincere towards their family and their individual benefit. And that's actually what's happening. We've we've made the me generation greedy and the me generation is so greedy. They're looking for money. They're looking for rewards. They're looking for the best transaction that will benefit their industry And this is the problem with government. Government has grown into an enterprise of lawmaking where we simply are the uh, central planners. It's a socialistic kind of mindset. Instead of a free market where the government is there to protect your rights, your freedom, your life, your property, which is how government was designed, and um, letting the free market carry the weight for whether you make a better cup of coffee or a better donut, you'll go into that field where your uh, skill set reaps the rewards of life and people are willing to pay you. Yeah, that's long gone, though. That's gone. You know that. Well, well yeah, but I, think, I think with education, I think with school choice and uh, education uh, freedom market that you could bring those ideas back in. You could motivate people to actually tighten the lug bolts on the airplane hatch. <laughs> that would be, you know, Directly. there we go. There, there's your sound bite. You know, there's the sound right there right now. You know, gosh, you know, maybe with a real uh, free market, we would actually, uh, you know, tighten the uh, the bolts and yeah, the tighten the bolts. You know, what I think is going to come out of this uh, Boeing thing, by the way, Senator, before we take off, I honestly think that you're going to see there there is more damage done to Boeing on DEI hires and the situation because you look at Boeing right now, if you go to their website, just about everything is slobbering over. Look at how much diversity, equity, and inclusion we have rather than competent engineers signing on to stuff. Just thinking. I think we'll see that. I really do think by the end, by the end of this all, we're going to find that out. Yeah, the uh, Harvard President Gay is a beautiful example of this. You know, this individual, you know, you know, spent a lifetime of gaming the system through plagiarism and stealing other people's work and published them, you know, whole paragraphs and pages. Yeah. Well, let's let us hope here for 2024 that people are held responsible for their behavior. Yeah, that will be the best uh, the best New Year's resolution of all, as far as I'm concerned. I'll tell you what, uh, final question I have for you, though. Is there going to be a big push in the state legislature on more island and misfit humans, uh, gender-affirming care kind of uh, crap like you all had to deal with last year, including the walking out that you did because of that? Yeah, right now the the things are falling together for 2024. We're in legislative days now, and it's mostly going to um, have conversations, you know, and we know how powerful those are, conversations about housing and conversations about um, Measure 110. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and those things will then translate into bills for the legislative session. So we'll have to wait and see what actually comes out in those legislative sessions. Okay. All right. Keep us in the loop on that, Dennis. And uh, you be well. You and Diane be well, okay? Thank you for the report. Thank you, Bill. It's always great to chat with you in the morning. Um, and it was a, it, it'll, it'll be an interesting week here in Salem, and then we'll get back to business and, um, and see what we pound out in 2024. All right. State Senator Dennis Linthicum, Klamath Falls. It is 8.03. This is KMED, KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD Grants Pass, translator K294AS Ashland.